Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Food bloggers, hey, if you have not yet joined the new amazing Eat Blog Talk community, you have to go do it. You will find so much value inside, including connecting with other food bloggers in a much deeper way and having access to all kinds of exclusive value, such as bonus podcast episodes and mastermind groups and a resources and service providers directory and so much more. Go to eatblogtalk.com for more information and we cannot wait to see you inside. Okay, food bloggers, have you heard of Flowdesk, the new big email marketing rage? This is an amazing new option for managing your email subscriber list. It is super easy to use and it comes with gorgeous, intuitive drag and drop templates. And Flowdesk does not charge based on number of subscribers. So your monthly rate will stay the same from month to month. Everyone pays $38 a month or use my affiliate link to get 50% off and pay only $19 a month. You guys, this is a fraction of the price of other email service providers, and you'll be blown away by the beautiful and intuitive templates waiting for you inside. Visit eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources to grab your link. Flowdesk, the stunning new option for email marketing. Hey, food bloggers, welcome to Eat Blog Talk. This podcast is for you, food bloggers wanting value, information, and clarity that will help you find greater success in your business. Today, Bethany Smith and I will be having a conversation about how to set up a membership site for your business and what the benefits are of doing a project like this. First, before we dive in, I thought I would acknowledge that I am not doing a proper formal introduction today like I normally do for Bethany um, because you're going to be hearing a lot more from us as a team because Bethany and I are officially a team now. Recently, we took on the venture of creating the Eat Blog Talk community platform, which some of you are a part of. So now we are officially co-owners of Eat Blog Talk. So say hi, Bethany. Let everybody know you're here. <laughs> hi. And I've been on, on the podcast several times, so hopefully most of you are kind of familiar <laughs> with me. You are a seasoned pro here, so it seems very informal every time we chat, which is probably a good thing. Um, But we do have a structure and we have a topic today that we would like to talk about. Having just gone through the process of creating this membership site for eBlog Talk, we were kind of brainstorming a few weeks ago like, hey, it might be good to talk people through this process in case they want to create something similar for their food blog or maybe another uh, venture, a side venture that they have. So today we just kind of wanted to run through that. And we hope that the information we share will benefit food bloggers and just give them insights and maybe another option to think about when they're thinking about maybe diversifying or um, starting other projects, other big projects that might be on their minds. Before we talk about how we set up the platform for the eBlog Talk community, let's talk about why we did it and why food bloggers consider a project like this and how it would benefit their followers. So why memberships, Bethany? Can you talk us through a few reasons why this might benefit food bloggers? 
Yeah, so it's a great way to provide um, great and exclusive content um, to your audience. So for us, the audience is you, listeners, food bloggers. Um, <clears throat> but for food bloggers, you know, whoever your audience is. Um, and then also to create recurring revenue uh, for ourselves, right? Um, but it's especially in our case, in the case with a lot of food bloggers uh, we were looking at, we're providing all this great content through the podcast. Um, and we have we had the forum already there and it was kind of like looking at how to monetize it a bit because, which always feels a little awkward <laughs> to talk about, but we're doing it, it as a business. And so we need to find ways to to make money from it and find a way that um, we could provide the best kind of value on both sides where we are making enough that we can continue to do this, right? Because our time, like we need to be paid for our time in some sort of fashion. Um, and, you know, that's something with food bloggers with the way uh, sites usually, most food bloggers look at it as, oh, I need to get ad revenue um, from the display ads. and you know, that can fluctuate so much that can you, you know, it's hard to make any money until you've been doing it maybe for two or three years with that. And <laughs> so it's kind of um, hard. So I think uh, membership, um, like the membership model. So having people pay either monthly or annually, um, however you want to do that really is a great model. Um, I kind of wasn't sold on it for a long time, but then I started hearing more and doing more research um, into some examples, like Netflix is one we all know about, and I think they kind of started this model earlier, and it's like, how can they make so much money and you're just paying them like $9 a month or whatever it is, right? And even, uh, I think actually Disney Plus, when they launched last fall, and they made, I don't know, some like insane amount of money, like $300 million in one day or something when they launched. I don't know, because they're Disney, right? But it's like, are they also about $9, $7, 8 $9 in there? It's like 7 because we do it too. We started doing it right away. We were like, $7 a month is not bad. And then you see it every month. But we use it all the time. And I don't know that we would have really used it without that membership model, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just so interesting because people feel like, oh, that's not very much that I'm paying. And then, um, but whoever, I mean, if it's all set up correctly, hopefully, you know, like it really adds up fast. Um, and I was reading about Costco too. And I guess that most of their revenue actually comes from their annual membership dues. Um, and so that's, you know, they take a loss on a lot of their products. Um, I mean, that's why their prices are better. I mean, the bulk thing too. But it was just like interesting once they really started reading in, into some of that about like, this is a way that you can really provide a great service to people. And then, you know, you as the business owner uh, can make a profit um, with that. So I think that is kind of the why behind it it just really it you know it all depends how you set up your pricing and all of that yeah but, you have to think through all of that yeah. still but yeah. yeah and we'll get into a little 
a little bit with that on how you can um, some of those steps here. So, yeah, you said that way better than I could have. I think that it's really important to point out what you did about the free content because food bloggers are so known for producing this amazing quality content. And then we put it out for free and then we rely on ad revenue thinking that we're really not putting anybody out. That's like the least resist, yeah. the path of least resistance is relying on ad revenue. But actually ads are kind of putting our users out a little bit. I mean, that's a whole other debate. But yeah, I think food bloggers generally have kind of a hard time asking people for money. And this is a newer thing that we're getting more comfortable with because of the need to diversify and we've seen how relying on ad revenue is does not always work out the way we want it to. So when you make all that free content, it's great and your audience loves you for it and they're so appreciative. But at some point, and this is the point we got to, Bethany, because <laughs> I don't know, like at some point you just have to start earning a little bit of money from all of that hard work you're doing. There's nothing that I love more than producing value and giving it to people. And all of these podcasts that we put together, I love it. I love offering that as a free resource for food bloggers. But it is a huge investment of time and energy. And I spend a lot of time on this project. So I love that now we have something that's producing value and delivering it, but that we can also get a little money back from. So it's kind of a win-win for everybody. Yeah. And I've thought kind of, I think when we were starting this pro project, um, I've thought to myself, like, I wish I could just make all this stuff for free and just tell, you know, like these guides or be on podcasts and just tell everybody all this information and like not have to worry about monetizing it or, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because it's always like, click here to get on my email list then I have to upsell you this and whatever and like I know I think the membership I mean we do a little bit of that with the membership stuff but I think it's it is a nice model because you kind of be like okay just come in pay this monthly fee and then like that's it and then yeah I, yeah you've got access to all of it once yeah. you're inside it's all there and it's not confusing at all before we decided on, or I should say before you decided on the tech stuff, because that was kind of your side, um, we had to decide like what kind of model we wanted and how did we kind of go through that process? Yeah, I mean, I, so I sat down and I did kind of make a list of the things we wanted. So, um, so I'd say there's three kind of models in general. Um, one would be learning-based. Well, really two and then a combo. Learning-based, which is probably what a lot of people are familiar with. You go on there, you watch videos, <clears throat> this, you know, like training videos. Maybe they have a forum or something. And then, um, you know, the whoever's doing the membership site puts up new videos, new trainings, new whatever every month or whatever it is. Um, some are where they're pretty static videos and they just add a little bit of new content every month too. Um, the other would be community based, which is more what ours is. Um, so that would be actually like making Facebook for yourself, like that kind of thing, which actually is a joke kind of in the web design community that all of our clients are always like, 
can you just make me Facebook? (laughs) (laughs) Or like, no, No. they're like a multi-billion dollar company. Um, But uh, we'll talk through like ways that you can get a little bit close to some of the features that uh, Facebook has. And then you can have a combo of those two. Um, So we, so really one of the things that was driving it for me was this idea of making a service providers and resource directory. Um, And we had talked about putting that in the forum um, as a way to drive traffic because before all this started, you hired me as a community manager in the forum and we were um, thinking maybe to put ads on that eventually um, to get ad revenue and that's how we'd make money. Um, But I think over the next few months, we kind of realized that (laughs) that maybe it was going to take longer than we thought and wasn't the best option. Um, And the service providers and resource directory, I um, was trying to run through the forum, but it was really awkward. And I finally just decided this isn't the right like container for it, right? Like this isn't gonna work in the forum. And so it needed to be on the website and just kind of through that and thinking about how, oh, we want users to submit submit their own information. And I mean, we ha- we were having discussions about other things too. So it wasn't just that, but um, just through that, I think that was kind of the catalyst for me thinking through some of the features we wanted. And we were also going through the um, story brand book with Donald Miller uh, together like we had a little book group for that and so it was just becoming clear that we wanted to focus on community right and getting food bloggers connected with each other and um, so I remember writing down I should have looked for that piece of paper but (laughs) um, you know I wanted a way to be able to list the service providers and that people could um, could list it themselves and change their information possibly have have um a way to like give stars on it you know like five stars uh that sort of thing and then it just wrote down some features about how food bloggers could connect with each other like maybe we could have they could connect by location or they could connect in all these different ways and I don't think I had a lot on my list Megan, did you remember what we were talking about at that point at all or uh you know I don't think we did have a lot I think this kind of just unfolded kind of naturally like one thing led to another and another but yeah I remember the resources directory being the one thing that we really wanted to provide to food bloggers because there's really nothing else like that out there so I think that's kind of the key is finding the couple of things that you really want to focus on and just letting it evolve from there because from there then we had other ideas and we were like oh it'd be really great to do mastermind groups and we can coordinate that inside and then we had the idea of challenges how fun would that be to do challenges and then you know like just piece by piece I feel like everything kind of came together and then we had already been doing the text-based AMAs or the the live chats in the forum and so then we thought well it would be really cool to do that in video format and do that live so we made that work so there are features that you have to think through up front and think about what you really want and need and then 
just let it kind of fall into place from there. So video was one. I know that you, <laughs> you're so awesome, Bethany, at the last minute, you were like, I've got to get this video working and you, you made it work. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Well, I'd known that was just something I kept putting off, right? Cause it was like everything else. I know, but you made it work. You brought it together and it was great, but you do have to think about that. Like, is this a platform that can support video? And you did know that it would, we just needed to figure it out. But also thinking through like, are you going to have lots of video? Are you just going to have a few live videos? Is it going to be a lot of downloads, a lot of files, um, PDF files? And then like you mentioned, kind of simulating Facebook, is it going to be an environment where you can allow people to interact with each other and direct message each other and all of that? And like, how are people going to connect? If you're building a place built around community, then obviously you want people to be able to connect with each other. So just kind of like thinking through those core things, those pillar things that you really want, and then going from there. Because we just, we had like a few pillar things that we both really thought were important. And then I feel like it just kind of all evolved from there, right? Yeah, and once we, like I'll talk here in a second about kind of the tech we did end up using. And once I kind of found that, it also was like, oh, they're doing this on here. We can do that too, um, that type of thing. Um, so the other thing also to really think about is what things you already have. So I'm going to assume if you're listening, you probably have a blog or maybe you don't, maybe you just have an Instagram page, but think about it, how integrated you want that to be. Um, it, maybe you really want it integrated. Maybe you don't, maybe, you know, you already are selling courses somewhere else and there's a way to integrate that. Um, so we already had the forum, uh, which runs on discourse. And so I needed to make sure that there was a way to have some sort of integration between those two. Well, that was my ideal. <laughs> um, I mean, we could have just done it where it was like, okay, this is what we're having this membership thing and then have a link out to the forum. But ideally there would be some, some way that it was kind of linked together. Um, so write those down too, like, cause that, I mean, that is going, if you really have something where you're like, this thing already exists, I really need it integrated, that's going to be a huge factor um, into what whatever software plugins or things that you you decide to use. So we don't have this in our notes at all, but I was just thinking, we're talking to food bloggers. So what kinds of ideas would food bloggers have for creating a membership site? And I'm not very familiar with other food bloggers who do stuff like this. But what are some ideas? Maybe you and I can just brainstorm like if they want to create a site um, either integrated with their food blog or separate, what would those be? I mean, I think there are a lot of options, but yeah, I agree that uh, food bloggers really, this is not something that many do. I've seen a few do it. Um, I think uh, Physical Kitchness um is doing it and what does she provide um so she has club kitchness which i'm looking at it right now i haven't looked uh for a while um i think it's just kind of like uh she does some fitness stuff too so it's just kind of a health and wellness um monthly subscription thing and she has community i'm looking i'm just reading her site now <laughs> community support focusing on short effective Workouts, meal prepping made for you. 
Um, so I think it is just really similar to the free content we all put out. She's just choosing to put some of that, you know, behind a paywall is kind of what it's ca called, right? And so um, it's just a way to work, you know, with a smaller group of people and provide the same type of thing that you're doing. And a community, like you had mentioned before. I mean, there's so much power in community. So if you can get your audience to feel like they're a part of something. I know Hey Grill Hey did this too. And that's kind of what they tapped into. Everyone in their community felt like they were part of something, like they were a part of the Hey Grill Hey community. And it really bonded them. I have a friend who is in it and I didn't even know it. And he was like, oh, I'm part of her community. It's so awesome. And he was saying that how amazing it is and how it's like this inclusive thing. So it doesn't necessarily need to be like a novel idea, but you can take some of your content, put it somewhere else, have people pay for it, and then just really focus on that community aspect. Yeah. And I think that um, having a bit of a niche probably helps. I've also heard of people doing uh, like cooking courses through a model like that. You could do meal planning. Oh, that's a good things. one. Yeah. Um, you could do all sorts of things. I think, yeah, it doesn't have to be this grand idea, I don't think. And I do think it is this great thing that people really are willing to do because they can be part of that community. And then um, I think one of the keys would probably be for food bloggers to be present in it because then your readers, customers, whatever, would feel like they had more exclusive access to you which is a large selling point for that. Um, so I know just kind of in the, in the membership community, <laughs> which I guess I'm a part of now, um, they also will talk about things where you kind of maybe have a blog and then you have a free Facebook group. And then from that face, free Facebook group, you kind of upsell your membership um, thing. So that's kind of a way to go about doing it. I think people are really getting really used to these membership models paying whatever per month because we're we're getting used to it with like Disney Plus and Netflix and all of that right so it's not quite um, as strange of an idea as it was maybe even five years ago you see them more and more definitely oh I just want to say to to encourage food bloggers to not write this off just because you don't want to like put out your audience by making them pay because People, if they're willing, most people are willing to do something like this if they really like you. And there is, there's no harm in just trying it. Like you could start really, really simple and just put up a community and see how people respond. And if people like that, then you can ask them what else they would like and go from there. You don't have to create this big, huge thing in your mind before you get started. I would say if it's something that's on your mind to do, just start with something really little and see how people respond to it. Yeah, and I think that's where creating a Facebook group first can help because then you can see there's a term like, I feel like it's LMV or something like that. It's like the least, it's like this product you put out there. Oh, yeah. most viable least, product or le least, okay, <laughs> least viable product. I don't know. Right? <laughs> LVP. Okay, I might be saying that it's entirely wrong. I yeah, think that's it. It's thing that's really kind of easy to put out for you, and you can just kind of judge the interest um, that's out there. So, so one of the resources we use 
was um, the membership academy from the membership guys. Um, and that was really helpful just with us kind of thinking through some of this because we, neither of us had done a membership thing before. And so there's just like little things <laughs> that we wouldn't have known. Um, and they have a a roadmap. So it's like all these steps. I think there's nine of them. And it's like, do this step first. And it takes you through all this stuff. And then second, third. And so if you are interested, that's something you could join. And um, they'll, they'll walk you through. And there's a forum there. You can ask questions and all sorts of things. But uh, that's kind of where I'd suggest people start to to get some ideas yeah so to repeat that it's membership guys and if you just google them they're really easy to find they're everywhere in fact if you google anything relating to membership sites their name pops up and then i just looked it up it's called minimum viable product so mvp (laughs) yeah and then also the the launch book which you know i love bethany by tony walker i believe um he talks about that same kind of concept as like putting up a Facebook group just to get a feeler. Jeff, Jeff, Walker. Jeff Walker. Did I say tone? I'm getting all of my authors mixed up. <laughs> okay. Read, Megan reads a lot. I know. <laughs> I'm like Donald Walker. Like, I don't know. So yeah, launch book by Jeff, Jeff Walker. Um, he talks about doing something called the seed launch, which is like a test launch. So you create a Facebook group, basically, or any sort of group, free group, and then you just do like a test and you see how people respond to it. If people don't respond to it, then it dies. If they do, then you kind of make it help it grow, like put plant the seed in the ground and help it to grow. So definitely before you do a membership, before you actually like really launch into it in some way, test it out because I would hate to see anyone put tons of effort into something and then realize that their audience didn't like it. Well, and I think what the launch book talks about too, that's important. What I've seen several times is you do, um, and we see this just with food blogs in general too, is it's so much about promotion and marketing. I mean, you could have a great thing, but if you're not really out there talking about it, getting more followers, all this stuff, like it, that people aren't going to find it. And, you know, like that's, for me, that's a hard thing too, because I'm so like doing the tech side, doing the back end stuff and making this amazing thing. And then it's like, but nobody signed up. It's like, well, you're not really telling them about it. You're not convincing them to be, you know, like the whole marketing promotion thing. <laughs> the whole marketing concept. Yeah. yeah. I am terrible at that. I've never been good at it. I mean, I'm getting better because now I have Bethany in my life to remind me that I do need to do those sorts of things. Thankfully. I, I just like tell you to, because I'm not great at it either, but you're way better than I am. At least it's on your mind and your radar. I used to be like, Hey, I created a product here. It is buy it. And that was my strategy. And I'm finding that that was not the most effective strategy. So that's another piece of the whole membership thing. Like really, really think through it, whether you join a site like the membership guys, because they do encourage you to do that or find a book that's really good, find another course or something that you can go through that helps you to think through that because 
marketing is a huge piece of this. We are constantly, every day, we are thinking through marketing, like posting on Instagram and doing a story. And I mean, there's every day there's something that we're trying to do to get this membership up and running. Yeah. Well, and I think just with your, with food blogs in general, right? So, I mean, it's true with that, with getting people but um, to your site. But yeah, like SEO for a lot of, is a focus for a lot of food bloggers. Um, but for a membership site, that may not be the best way to drive traffic. I mean, it kind of depends on your tar- target audience and what what you're doing. So you may have to come up with a different a different tactic with that. <laughs> it requires different thinking. What do you think about like pay? Like when people think about how they're going to structure their pay, because we went back and forth with this. I feel like for a month we were like do we do monthly annual one time ongoing so how do you recommend that people figure out what they want to do for payment yeah I mean I think actually in the in the membership academy thing you went they have a worksheet and stuff and you went through that and we're kind of like okay this is what we're going to do and at that point we were just like this is what we're going to do um but we did so we have monthly um, people can pay monthly and then annually is, or you can, which is the model you see often, right? You can do this monthly or there's a discount if you pay annually. Um, and we're always open. There there are several membership models that close after a certain time. Um, honestly, I don't understand that. Like, <laughs> I think the thought behind that is to drive to really drive traffic and make it feel exclusive. Like you can only get in for these few weeks. Um, that's not the one we decided to go with. P- people can sign up at any time. Yeah, and like the membership guys will kind of walk you through some of that. I think if you, I don't know, probably different types of memberships lend themselves to doing something like that. Or if you yourself feel like, oh, I can't spend time in there every week for the rest of my life and you're like I kind of want this big push at this certain time there's just things to think through I don't know if you Megan like have thoughts on yeah I think doing the one-time thing definitely is not a structure for something like this and if food bloggers are thinking like to focus on community of some sort probably not the best idea I would definitely go with like an ongoing membership where people can come in at any time. And then I do think that having both a monthly and an annual cost option was really beneficial because you can add, you can tie bonuses to the annual because obviously you want people to sign up for the annual. That's better for them because they get in for an entire year. That's amazing. They're committed and it's like an investment for them. Um, And then they get a discount too. Usually I think it's good to give like a couple amount to a couple month discount if people are doing the annual. And then obviously it's good for us because then we get that money up front and it helps us to alleviate costs that we have. So I think providing both options is really good and having an incentive with the annual. Yeah. And just starting out the annual has been great because then we're getting that money right now. <laughs> so like when we first launched, you know, once everything is really rolling, it, it's still nice, but you really see the benefit like your first few months. Of that. Yes. And there are costs up front. So it's like 
we have to cover those costs somehow. So having a few annual memberships come in is really helpful. Yeah. So, and that um, kind of leads into the next one with, which, which is some of the other, um, the options of, so getting more into the tech side and the ways you can build out on this. So there are a lot of different options to do all sorts of different memberships and membership sites. Um, so, so ours actually is built off of WordPress. And so I'll talk about that in a minute, but there's several out there. Um, Kartra is one that I've worked with a little bit. It's really an all-in-one system. So um, you can host videos, do courses on there, but you can also move your mailing list on there and you can also build landing pages on there. And I know there's others like that. I think Kajabi is also like that. I think ClickFunnels is similar. I don't know if they have everything on there. Um, so that's an option that you really need to think through. The benefits of something like that is it's not as technical um, and you everything is kind of there. Um, they're not, so putting everything on there is often easier, but they also don't necessarily have the robustness of say your email list that you could possibly use, do if you had an email, specific email provider hosting thing, whatever they're called, like MailChimp or MailerLite or Flowdesk. Um, we'll probably have more features specifically for your email. Um, so that's something to think through. And then those platforms too, personally, like I always kind of worry a little bit like how long they're going to be around because they could, <laughs> like if they go out of business or whatever happens and then I mean, hopefully you can still access your um, your videos and all of that, but you may have to then switch platforms quickly. Um, so that type of thing is something to think about. With those. I never thought about that. Like, how long are they going to be around? Even if they've been around for a while, oh my goodness, what would happen if they were just like, okay, in two months we're out? That would be devastating if you had built this entire platform around their setup. I cannot even imagine. So I know Teachable is another option. I use them for courses and just like housing videos for courses, but I know that they do provide a platform for membership sites too. So I say like, just really do your research. What do you want? Do you want to get really specific about the things that you put on there? Do you not want to be as technically minded? Like maybe you're not. Thankfully, Bethany is. So she was able to really dig into WordPress and figure out what we needed to do. Personally, if I were doing it myself, I would probably have gone the teachable route or something yeah. similar. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If it if it is something that you're doing on your own and you're not, I mean, you got to kind of gauge your tech savviness and what you're willing to do and learn um, with some of this. But I mean, that's why these things exist, like Teachable, Kartra, Kajabi, all of that um, is because people aren't as tech savvy and like, I don't want to deal with that. That takes a lot of time and effort. You can always hire somebody um, if you're like, I don't want to go with these kind of all-in-one sites. I want it integrated with my website. Um, you can always hire somebody to put that together too for you. Um, but so you, yeah, I mean, you just got to really think some of this through and decide. So can you talk through what you did? I will have probably no input here. So I'll let you talk through 
what you used and how you decided to use the plugins you did and all of that. Yeah. So, well, you've used them now, though, Megan. But, I have, um, but you've told me to. You're like, Megan, you need to go use Buddy Boss. I'm like, okay, thank you. Yeah. I will. <laughs> um, so, our t- our like, the way ours is set up is WordPress through WordPress, um, and I don't. I guess I just I am pretty tech savvy with that. I've worked on WordPress a lot, and so I knew I could do that. Um, and then we were in the membership community and, um, or the mem- like membership guys, we call it membership membership. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it is, like, it's a membership like membership. The membership membership. They'll tell you, <laughs> tell you what to do. Um, so I had my list kind of of the things we wanted and I'd done some research, but I posted in the forum there. I was like, so here's some of the things I want. I've been hearing about a couple different, um, options what should I do and they said I should definitely use buddy boss uh, which is a theme and plugin that builds off of WordPress so we're of course all familiar if you use WordPress with themes and plugins but it actually builds off um, oh my gosh I get all these terms confused off buddy press which is a kind of a social plugin uh, for for WordPress and then this builds upon it more and has the theme um, that goes with it. So it all was really integrated really well. Um, So then, yeah, so that kind of put together the, the look and feel a little bit of the site and had all the widgets we needed and all of that sort of thing from there. Um, and so then if you're working on WordPress and need a membership, you need like a membership subscription plugin or something to process your payments, which is different than like your payment processor. <laughs> I feel like I'm saying the same words, right? But we use we use Stripe to actually process like the credit card, right? You need something else to help manage the like, signups really so uh, we're using paid memberships pro and there's others like member mouse and there's several out there um, so this system this is a plugin and it'll come in and it will say okay so you want a monthly membership it's at this cost you want an annual membership at this cost it handles all of that the registration and you can do discount codes with it um, just all of that sort of thing um, which like <laughs> diving in and figuring all of this out was a little bit crazy. Actually, when I was making this list of the um, plugins we're using, I'm like, we're really not using that many, but it felt to me like I had a million on there because <laughs> I was doing so much research and testing different ones out and all of this. So um, I think if you want to do a basic uh, membership site, from WordPress, you actually don't need a, th- a different theme. Like I was talking about Buddy Boss, you could just use um, something like Paid Memberships Pro and take payments through that and have it set up that way. And you could just use your um, whatever your current theme is or whatever, depending. Um, for us, because we wanted the social interaction pieces, um, it was important to have the um, buddy boss theme and plugin 
So is Buddy Boss what allows people to connect with each other? Yes. So any of really the interaction stuff. So we have, (laughs) so it gets kind of confusing because we have a separate forum, but then within the Buddy Boss platform or membership platform or WordPress, uh, we also have groups that people can have discussions in. Um, People can basically, can connect with each other, like be friends basically and send each other messages. Um, just all those sort of Facebooky features is um, coming from Buddy Boss. And those are really nice to have. If you do want the community, I would recommend at least experimenting with that because I think people are already, we're only like two weeks in to launching and people are already finding those features really valuable, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really our core kind of feature when we thought about it was having a way that people could could connect and making it very community type feel. So if you're doing it more educational, uh, just, you know, videos, downloads, uh, text on a page, you probably don't need something like Buddy Boss. You could just do the paid memberships pro like the membership processor. And that would that would work and that would be something you could start with um, just to kind of see how it goes <laughs> without putting the rest of all of that together. Too much work into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then what do we use for forms? So, yeah, gra- we use Gravity Forms for forms, but also for our um, service providers directory runs on Gravity Forms and then an additional plugin which is called Gravity Views, which allows us to have more of like a business directory. Um, And both of those have a lot of features that I have not explored yet. And I actually haven't used Gravity Forms a ton, but they have um, a lot of different features that you can build out from there. So it's kind of like this base software stuff that you can then people have added on all sorts of things. And so if you have Gravity Forms, you can then add other plugins that extend it and do all sorts of cool things. Um, So we're not using it for too much now, but hopefully in the future we can do more. But it is what is running our um, service providers list. So in there we go in, we submit it. But one of the really cool things is that um, users can submit and then users can also change their information once once they've submitted it, which was kind of important to me because I'm like, I don't want to be in there editing things mm-hmm. all the time, right? I want to give our members the power to edit their own yeah. information. And I'm assuming that most forms don't allow for user submissions. So that's probably a unique feature. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there's other ones that can do it, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you you need something with a little more power to do that and then the gravity views portion of it is really kind of the formatting and just the structure creating it into a membership directory sort of thing okay what else for tech did you want to cover because um yeah you've covered like all the main plugins and what you've used but is there anything else specifically that people would need to know for tech so i'm also using a plugin called peter's login redirect which um, (laughs) because when you get into it and if you have different membership levels, oh, I guess that's the thing on ours that's a little more complicated too, is we do actually have a free level. So we have basic so that people can still use um, the forum 
and access the service providers directory so you can if you're on the basic free level you can post and read anything in the forum and then you can view the service providers directory um, if you want to post your own information in the service providers directory you need to be a paying member um, so this complicated things a bit um, because then it's like when people log in they need to see different things some things are restricted and all sorts of stuff but these two plugins i talked about before really help with that with paid memberships pro um, there's a widget you can add onto your page and it will help you restrict like on our home page um, i'm using that widget and it says for these membership levels show them this for these membership levels show them this um yeah it gets really crazy in there <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that's like you can get really technical and really yeah. deep if you want um, to <laughs> so the peter's login redirect is just when people like log in and um instead of it just keeping them on the sign up page it takes them to the home page um which took me a while to find a plugin that would work for that so <laughs> i wanted to mention that um Definitely. So I know we just did our first live video. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know we had researched like Vimeo is a great option for integrating into a, an existing platform, but Vimeo is not cheap. It's like 70-ish dollars monthly. So you found kind of a back-end way to make video happen within our platform. So talk us through that. Yeah. So, um, so Vimeo has all sorts of different levels. And what we were looking to do is I really wanted to keep people in our platform. So you'd go to the page and the video would just be on that page. You wouldn't have to click out um, to watch elsewhere, like on YouTube or Zoom or something like that. Um, and Vimeo does have an option to do that. And I think it's $75 a month. And at this point, we're only doing one video a month. We we might do more, but I'm like, we're just starting this. And that just seems like a lot for one video a month. Um, so what I ended up using, and this also was I did some research through the membership, membership, the membership guys uh, group, um, <clears throat> is I'm using StreamYard, which is a streaming service that will help you stream to um, multiple outlets. So I had to connect StreamYard to our YouTube channel, which by the way, like apparently if you want to go live on your YouTube channel, um, you have to request it and then they might not approve you for 24 hours and they did not approve us quickly enough. <laughs> so I, I, I don't remember doing this before on my page because I've gone live on different channels. Um, I don't know. So anyway i ran it through my channel instead of the eblog talk channel which worked so Streamyard to youtube and then i took the youtube link and embedded that into the wordpress site and then for the chat feature because we wanted people to come in because it was a like interactive q a um i used chat role uh which i was able to just create basically this chat widget that i just copy and paste it in there and then people were able to go in there and chat and ask questions alongside of the live streaming video. Yeah, it worked slick. I watched the replay and 
It seemed pretty seamless. I mean, you set it up great. It looked like it was an official platform or like an integration that had just magically appeared. So you did amazing, Bethany. <laughs> and I'm sure other people are grateful for your research because this is not something personally that I would want to be researching. It does not um, ignite a fiery burning passion inside me to go figure out how to get video <laughs> embedded on a platform. So we appreciate your legwork and thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Is there anything else on the tech side that you feel like people should know? Um, I don't think so. Do you have questions, Megan, like listening and being in there some? You're kind of like, Bethany um, made it work. I don't care. I know. Exactly. I'm just, uh, I'm just along for the ride creating some content here and there. But yeah, the tech side is like totally beyond me. But once I got into it, once I got into those plugins, they make sense. Like the paid memberships pro at first, I was like, this is so confusing. But now after just a little use, I feel like, yeah, this makes sense. Of course, I understand how that works with Stripe or whatever payment processing service you're using. And then also Buddy Boss at first was confusing, but now that makes sense to me. So um, I think it's just a matter of starting somewhere. And Bethany's given some really great ideas for tech for starting out and then just learning from there. And you really can learn fast, especially if you know WordPress already. It's really not like super daunting. It's pretty doable. But the tech side for me is really boring, but definitely necessary. I mean, you've got to have some ugh, just good, you have to have a good structure in place if you really want your platform to be efficient and smooth and work well for not just us, but for our users that come in too. So what about that? That's a question. Like, how do you make sure that whatever platform you're using can handle big a big number of users? Like, what if you have an influx of 100 new people in a day? I mean, is that like safe? I don't know how that works on the tech side, but is it going to explode somehow or <laughs> shut something down? <laughs> <laughs> probably won't explode i feel like that stuff is showing our age like back in the day when like you could like hard drives would get really hot or something and then i remember that and it like <laughs> i remember being at work and there would be smoke coming out of my computer and i was like is that normal and then people could smell the burning smell but that doesn't happen anymore things are different <laughs> like how i don't yeah <laughs> I don't know what you were doing that, but yeah, like if they, that doesn't happen anymore. No, no. Um, but no, so that you will not, like if you get a hundred subscribers a day, you will not set anything on fire. Um, I mean, I think that all of these platforms are, you know, any of these like all in one things, teachable, Kartra, whatever. I mean, they're set up to handle something like that easily. Um, some of them may have you ha have like in their pricing that you, if you have this many members, you pay this much. If you have this many members, you pay this much. Um, and so if you're expecting 10,000 members, you'd, you'd be paying more. And a lot of that is going to be for the server capacity to, to deal with that. Um, but so with ours, which is on WordPress, it's the server that we we're running on our hosting, um, which at this point I'm not worried about, but we may need to switch. And I don't think it's, I mean, so it'd be more like 
the amount of information we have on there and also the amount of, um, oh my gosh, like concurrent users. So how many is on there, is on there simultaneously. Um, but I think at the levels of people coming into our membership, that's not a huge, um, a huge concern. And probably for most food bloggers, you're not going to have so many people on there, right? Like we're not like ESPN that is trying to, trying to like stream a live championship game and everybody is on your platform at the same time or something. Um, Never know. But, like Thanksgiving dinner, if food bloggers are maybe, talking about how to prep sweet yeah. potato casserole, there might be a lot of people on. We should do like some live streaming challenge for Thanksgiving oh, or something. I love that. That's a great idea. <laughs> I don't really know how that would work, but it sounds fun. <laughs> um, it does. It sounds fun. Um, so that that's the thing, but I do... Okay, so what I would say is if you're a food blogger and you're going to do something like this, um, most hosting plans are going to be fine, especially when you're first starting out. But if you have, I don't know, if your brother is hosting it in your basement or like something like that, you might <laughs> you might want to figure out a different solution. Um, so it's something to be aware of, and especially if you scale and get larger and depending what all you have on there, if you have a lot of video, um, but just talk to your hosting and and you can say, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Do you think I need to upgrade my plan uh, with yeah. that? Yeah, if you have a good host, they will definitely work with you with that. All right, Bethany. Well, we've provided such um, immense information here. I mean, you could really like start, go out and start a site right now to, based on what Bethany has shared with you on the tech side. And then I hope that we've given you encouragement to start something something like this if it's on your mind to do so, because I really do think this is a new kind of trend that people are going to be embracing more and more because they want you, they want you as their expert and you're an authority in a certain area. So kind of embrace that with a membership site, allow people in, start a community, get your toes wet, see how it goes, and don't let it be so daunting. And we will put a lot of this information, everything we've talked about in our show notes, just so that you have like the names of the um, the plugins and kind of the process that Bethany went through when she created the, when she set up the WordPress site. Yeah. And you can come to our membership platform and ask questions there yes, too. Definitely. <laughs> We're always there to answer them. So. Yes. So you can find the show notes at eblogtalk.com forward slash membership sites. But you can also come join our community and see how that's set up and also just be a part of an awesome community of food bloggers. It has been so fun. We're only two weeks in and people are really active and asking questions and starting discussion threads and they're like immersed in the challenges and, the challenges. and we're getting yeah. the mastermind groups set up in a week or two. And it's just like the vibe is good. So I hope you guys come join us inside. If you want more information, go to eblogtalk.com and on the homepage, you will be able to find us easily. So I hope you join us there and reach out to Bethany if you have questions about general <laughs> membership signups because I will probably just forward my, your email to her anyway and you can yeah. um, email her at bethany at eatblogtalk.com 
And is there anything else before we say goodbye, Bethany? I think that's all. All right. Well, thanks for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.